This week, on Friday, Erev Shabbos, we have the fast of Asara B'Tevis, the 10th of Tevis. Although there's a number of fast days throughout the year that are connected with the destruction of the first or second Beis HaMikdash, um, Asara B'Tevis is the first one of all of those fasts in chronological order. Um, to explain, we have Tisha B'Av, which is when we fast commemorating the destruction of both the first and the second Beis HaMikdash, we have um, Shiva Asr B'Tamuz, the 17th of Tammuz, which commemorates when the walls of Yerushalayim were breached on the way to the destruction. We have Tzayim Gedalia after Rosh Hashanah, which happened after the destruction of the first Beis HaMikdash. And then we have the fast day of this week, the 10th of Tevis, which is when the king of Bavel, the king of Babylon, surrounded the walls of Yerushalayim and began the siege that ultimately led to the destruction of the first Beis HaMikdash. So that's the fast day of Asara B'Tevis, again commemorating the first step in the destruction of the first Beis HaMikdash. Um, as is the case, we typically find a connection between what happens that week and the Parsha of the week. And in this week's Parsha we find a very interesting connection to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash that was, that was, of course, going to happen many years later after the narrative of this week's Parsha. And where is that? So, in this week's Parsha is where we finally, we have the great reunion where Yosef is reunited with all of his brothers. Of course, he was uh, sold into slavery so many years earlier. And finally, now, we have the end of the story where Yosef is reunited with his brothers and then later in the Parsha, ultimately reunited with his father, Yaakov Avinu, as well. After he's reunited with his brothers and he talks to them a bit, so before he sends them back to Canaan or to Israel to bring back their father, so he has an emotional parting with his brothers and primarily with his one full brother, and that's Binyamin. And the Pasuk says, Vayipel al savre Binyamin Ochiv Vayefk that Yosef falls on the neck of Binyamin, his brother, and cries, Binyamin bacha al tzavarov, and Binyamin cries on his neck. That's what the Pasuk says, that Yosef falls on Binyamin's neck and cries, and Binyamin falls on Yosef's neck and cries. But the Mepharshim comment that the wording is interesting, when it says that Yosef fell on Binyamin's neck, it says tzavarei, as if two necks, as, uh, as if both necks, um, it's plural. Whereas when Binyamin cries, falling on Yosef's neck, it just says Savarov, which means his neck, in singular. So why does it say a double expression when Yosef falls on, bin, on Binyamin's neck, and vice versa, it only says one? Say the, the Mepharshim and Rashi brings it here in the Parsha, that really Yosef and Binyamin were both Nevi'im, they both had prophecy, and they were really crying about something that was going to happen in the distant future. And that is the destruction of the Bate Mikdash. Now, the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim was in the section of Binyamin. And as, as you know, Eretz Yisrael was divided amongst the Shvatim, amongst the tribes. And the Beis HaMikdash was really in the section of Binyamin. So there was two Beis HaMikdash, or two Bate Mikdash that were going to be destroyed. And that's why it says that Yosef cries on the double neck of Binyamin, because he's crying for the two Bate Mikdash, the destruction of the two Bate Mikdash that are going to be in the future. Binyamin, in turn, cries on Yosef's neck, here at Singular, because the Mishkan that was built in Shiloh 
and stood there for some 369 years, was also going to be destroyed. And that was in the section of Yosef. So this is what the Gemara tells us. Yosef was crying on Binyamin's neck double because he was crying for the two holy temples, the two Batimiktas that were going to be destroyed in the section of Binyamin. And Binyamin, in turn, is crying on Yosef's neck, singular, because he's crying for the Mishkan of Shiloi that's in the section of Yosef that's going to be destroyed in the future. That's what Chazal tells us. What's interesting is the uh, focus on the concept of a neck, you know, singular or double, but it's all about a neck, that Binyamin is crying on Yosef's neck, and Yosef is crying on Binyamin's necks because of the destruction of the Bati Mikdash and the Mishkan. Why the focus on a neck? And the answer is, as Chazal tells us, that the Beis HaMikdash is compared in the Torah, in different places, to a neck. Um... In the, if we go to Parshas Vezeis HaBracha, in the very end of the Torah, when Yaakov Avinu is giving brachas to his sons, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, when Moshe Rabbeinu, in the end of the Torah, is giving brachas to the Shvatim, to the tribes, so he talks about Binyamin, and he says Binyamin is uh, Yedid Hashem, the friend, so to speak, of Hashem, and Hashem will rest in his section, Ubein Ksefav Shachin, Hashem will rest between his shoulders, which of course is the neck. And that's referring to the concept that, as we said, the Beis HaMikdash is going to be in Binyamin's section. Here again, the Torah says, Bein Seifov, the Beis HaMikdash is between his shoulders. Again, referencing the neck. Finally, we have in Shir HaShirim, the Song of Songs, written by Shlema HaMelech. And the Shir HaShirim is all, an it's written very allegoric, and it's this love story that Shlema HaMelech is describing referring to the love between Hashem and Klal Yisrael. And there, the Pasuk says, in chapter 4 of Shir HaShirim, Kemigdal David Tzavorich, like the tower of David, is your neck. Banu Lutalpia is built beautifully, again referring to the Beis HaMikdash and comparing it to a neck. So we have here three places, both in this week's Parsha, where Binyamin is crying and Yosef is crying on, their, on each other's necks, referring to the Beis HaMikdash, we have in Parshas Vizayis HaBracha by Moshe Rabbeinu's Brachis that he says that the Shechina will rest in Binyamin's section being safe of between his shoulders. And then we have in Shir HaShirim that Hashem describes the beauty of the Beis HaMikdash like a beautiful neck. Which of course begs the question, why? Why is the Beis HaMikdash and, and, the, and the crying for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, why is it all centered of all body parts, the neck? So on a very simple level, it's written that just like the neck is almost at the top part of the body, because it's only the head that's above the neck, so similarly the Beis HaMikdash is of course on a mountain, but it's not the very highest mountain in Eretz Yisrael. So it's in the higher parts, but not the very highest, just like a neck. So that's a very simplistic explanation why it's compared to the neck and the body. But of course there's something deeper. Why really? Why, why is it that it's not the highest part? Why is it the neck? And the way the Rebbe explains it, is he says, when you think about the function of a neck, the head, of course, represents the center of you know, the mind and the intelligence and, and leading the body, for sure. And yet, all of that comes through the neck. The neck is sort of the conduit that brings all of, from all the intelligence and everything from the mind and brings it to all the different parts of the body. And that's really the function of the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash is not about being a place of extreme holiness for itself, 
Rather, the concept of a Beis HaMikdash is to be a conduit, a source from which holiness extends and, and spreads to ultimately the entire world. Interestingly, we're told that when they built the windows of the Beis HaMikdash, they were built in a way where they were narrower on the inside and they would get wider as they were going outward, symbolizing that the Beis HaMikdash is there to be a source of light for the rest of the world. And essentially, that's the job of every of each and every one of us. We know the Beis HaMikdash, there's the actual physical Beis HaMikdash on the Temple Mount, and then we have Asuli Mikdash V'Shachanti B'Saycham, that we are meant, everyone, to make a Mikdash in their own selves, in their own um, homes, in their own place where they live. We're all supposed to be a neck bringing holiness and spirituality into this world. And therefore, that's why the Besamiktash is compared to a neck. And therefore, when the Besamiktash is, is destroyed, and Binyamin and Yosef in this week's Parsha are crying about it, they're crying about the destruction of related to the neck. Of course, Hashem is not destroyed. The power of holiness is not destroyed. But that neck, that vehicle of bringing that holiness and bringing that revelation and bringing that divine expression to the world, that's what was destroyed. And that's what they were crying about. And when we think internally and we think about ourselves and we think about an internal destruction when one is not fulfilling their mission in this world, really it's about are we missing in fulfilling our obligation of being a neck bringing Kedusha into the world around us. And that's why the crying is about the neck, because our purpose and our goal is to be a neck. Our purpose and our goal is to be a conduits and spreaders of holiness and of goodness and of kindness and of selflessness and of spirituality. And if we're not doing that mission, so we're crying about the fact that our neck is, or, or we're not serving the purpose that we're supposed to, which is the purpose of a neck. One last thought is that the reason we're crying for the neck is because the head is always good. In other words, we always have our neshama, our, the high point of who we are, the, the point of the essence of our spirituality and our holiness, our neshama, that's good. All of us have a neshama. That doesn't deserve or need crying because that's okay. The problem is, is that neshama expressing itself? Is it spreading outward? Is it affecting, again, our own actions and the world around us? And that's where... The, the crying is about, that's where the destruction is about, that's what we mourn when we talk about a destruction of the Beis HaMikdash in a general sense, or internally. And of course, as on this day of Asar Tevis, the 10th of Tevis, which commemorates the beginning of destruction, we have the ability to use that power and turn it around, as the Ramam tells us, that the days of destruction, when Mashiach will come, will be transformed to the days of greatest rejoicing, because we will have transformed the destruction and everything that led up to it into revelation, and redemption and geula may be speedily this year, this Asura Have a wonderful Shabbos.